been counted out many times in my life, as have many of my teammates. I hope we just dig deep and find a way. We will truly be underdogs. Hopefully we can embrace that, and then this thing looks a little different. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. So election day was yesterday, right? There's no basketball on last night. There's really nothing to watch. Although I did watch a little bit of Maction. Uh, I watched the end of one game that was really close. I don't remember who was playing. <laughs> there was a team with yellow and black jerseys. The final score was something like 28-21. Someone refreshed me. It was on. I was watching. I retained very little. I did not stay up late to wait for election results. Those of you that do... Good for you. You're a stronger human than me, mentally tougher. I was like, uh, I'm going to go to bed. I really didn't look at anything before I went to bed. And I think in doing so, I, I left like this small light on in my brain, like a porch light was left on in my brain because I woke up at 3.30 and without even really thinking, went down into the kitchen, glass of water, had a snack, spent like 20 minutes scrolling Twitter, just catching up on everything I missed. And then I went back to bed like nothing happened. So I need to adjust my my approach to election night because it was bizarre. I'm like, ah, I'm just going to go down and have a glass of water, snack, some pretzels, 3.30 in the morning, and then go back to bed. Like nothing ever happened. So I hope your election night last night was not stressful in the least. It's kind of a bummer that the NBA wasn't playing last night, but I get why they didn't do it. You know, promote, get out and vote, promote election participation. I get it. Bucks back tonight. A lot of teams back tonight. And, of course, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Packers. A lot, a lot of Packers. There's Packers drama that's bubbling. I can just feel it starting to simmer. I want to talk about that tonight as well. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I hope you've had an excellent day. Hope you're doing awesome. Warm day today. I drove by two golf courses. I had to go visit a client at lunch today. Uh, one was a golf course. I drove by another. Golf courses were packed today. So maybe you got outside, played a couple of holes. It was beautiful today. Although now I think I looked outside and it's cloudy. There we go. Now we're small talking about the weather. That's that's the real measuring stick that this show is going to be great. No guests tonight. We have no one planned. So hopefully lots of time for us to go back and forth on the phone. 608-796-2558. You can call. You can text. And I am on Twitter at Wisco Grant as well. Like I said, some Packers drama that's bubbling. Just really little bubble, bubbles at the bottom of the pan. The pan of water is just starting to simmer, and I, I feel like this could get bad based on just the, the couple little things I'm seeing. Just some little sparks here and there, but sometimes sparks turn into a massive blaze. So I'm not trying to stir anything up here with the Packers. I'm just combing the Internet, reading a lot, watching a lot. I'm like, man, the, the breadcrumbs are here. I'm going to share some of those breadcrumbs with you coming up. Slow News Wednesday, Matt Schneidman had an awesome conversation with Aaron Rodgers about the return of Mike McCarthy to Lambeau Field. So we're going to do that at 4.30. And like I said, I want to talk with you on the phone and on Twitter again, at Wisco Grant. I actually want to start with the Brewers today. I know, some fun, something a little different, mix it up. Plus, I think we got to keep our baseball minds sharp, right? Sports are, are like muscles. Right. If we don't talk about baseball for a while, then that muscle gets weak. we we got to work out all the muscle groups, not just the glamour muscles. We don't skip leg day. Again, I, I skip actual leg day. On the show, I don't skip leg day. Baseball talk is leg day. 
Sometimes you got to do it. It's not always fun, but you got to do it. You got to keep those muscles engaged. I want to work on our baseball muscles today to start the show and just talk about the Brewers for a couple minutes. Something fun, mix it up, and then we'll do an hour and 45 minutes of Packers. Don't worry, we have no shortage of Packer talk tonight. Ken Rosenthal put out his first off-season column last night, and I saw it on Twitter, but if you subscribe to The Athletic, you might have seen it there as well. You need an Athletic subscription to read it. But we're going to beat the system because I'm going to share with you the most important part. Now, I subscribe, but I can pass his words along. His tweet last night said, First notes column of the offseason. Angels bleak options with Otani. Dodgers possible interest in Correa. Starting pitching trades. Brewers in flux. And more. I see this. My antennas go up. Anytime the Brewers are mentioned by a national baseball writer. What's going on here? Nobody talks about the Brewers. Nobody writes about the Brewers. Why is Ken Rosenthal talking about our team? So I click and I read more. And Grant, you might be thinking. Hey, 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 Grant. It's not that serious, okay? It's just just a fun off-season article, maybe a little clickbait. It's just Ken Rosenthal. Don't, don't get so freaked out about what Ken Rosenthal is saying about the Brewers. Uh, need I remind you how the Josh Hader trade started? There was a Ken Rosenthal article very similar to this a week before the Hader trade was made where it's just mentioned, eh, Brewers might be shopping Hader. Anyways, the Dodgers it was just stuck in there. A little cloak and dagger, sneaky little report in there. Ken Rosenthal column. So I'm not going to avoid or ignore or just pass this off as some drivel or some clickbait. I'm not going to do that. There's something to this. One topic in this article that Ken Rosenthal writes about, a lot of starting pitching is available, right? Maybe you saw Scott Boris's tweets today about how, what do you say? It's a carnivore's free agent market. Scott Boris is just, well, he's doing Scott Boris things. One portion of this article, it's very long by Ken Rosenthal, is titled with this heading, Teams with Starting Pitchers Sitting Pretty. Hmm, interesting. So he's talking about the influx of available, experienced, high-quality starting pitchers. He's basically saying maybe teams that have a surplus of arms would be willing to trade. And to avoid any confusion or exaggeration, I will read Ken's words directly with full context, starting at the beginning of this little portion. He says, The term starting pitching surplus is an oxymoron, But teams with at least a measure of depth are in good position to exploit clubs trying to add to their rotation. The free agent market offers only so many quality options. Here we go. 11 of Jim Bowden's top 25 free agents are starting pitchers. But the group featuring Jacob deGrom, Justin Verlander, Carlos Rodon, and Japanese right-hander Kodai Senga is a bit top-heavy. The best guess is that Verlander will return to the Astros and Clayton Kershaw to the Dodgers. But at least three other on Bowden's list, Nathan Avaldi, Chris Bassett, and Tyler Anderson, are candidates to receive and accept qualifying offers. Thus, a number of starters from the Brewer or a number of starters from the Brewers Corbin Burns to the Marlins Pablo Lopez to the Guardian Zach Plesak are expected to be in play for trades. The Mariners have two such pitchers, Chris Flexen and Marco Gonzalez, and the president of baseball operations, Jerry DePoto, said that other teams were already calling on a number of his club's pitchers. Okay, so that's the that's it. That's the nugget right there. Thus, a number of starters from the Brewers' Corbin Burns to the Marlins' Pablo Lopez to the Guardian Zach Plesac are expected to be in play for trades. Saying Corbin Burns might be available. You can have him. He's out there. We're probably going to take calls. Now, what level of aggression the Brewers have? I don't know. But we were told, hey, never took a call on Josh Hader. Or, I suppose, never made a call on Josh Hader. It's not like the Brewers were aggressively trying to shop Hader, and yet they made a terrible trade for him in the middle of the season. 
Burns has two more years of team control. Arbitration two next year in 2023. And then arbitration three in 2024. He'd be an unrestricted free agent in 2025. So the Brewers are potentially in the mix to trade their best player. Won a Cy Young two years ago. Was very good last year. Leads a very good rotation. Experienced. Pitched in the playoffs multiple times. And that's the guy that they're looking to shop. Potentially trade. Because they have depth. Look. I could yell and bang this desk. And call the Brewers all sorts of names. It's November 9th. I don't really have the fire in me for baseball right now. I'm talking about this because it's a fun little change of pace from the Packers for 10 minutes. And because the Brewers are reportedly interested in possibly trading their best player. That's significant. One of our professional sports teams is like, hey, our best player, yeah, we might be interested in in trading him. That's significant. So we got to pay attention to this. But I can't get bent out, out of shape about this. I can't get angry. We can't just blindly hate everything the Brewers do because we're mad about the hater trade. That being said... If you're going to trade the franchise's best player with two years left while the team is trying to contend, better have a pretty good reason. Yeah, better have a good reason. Better get a good package. You better know what the hell you're doing. It better not be for Trevor Rosenthal and minor leaguers. No, we'll get we'll get Taylor Rogers in it too. It's like, no, that's, that's not going to cut it. If you're going to trade Corbin Burns, this has to be a coup de grave, Matt Arnold. I think I used that correctly, right? Here's my problem. The Brewers, for the first time in my life, and I think for a lot of you, the first time in your life, they have elite pitching. They have good pitching. It's what I've wanted my entire life. So I talked about with my dad. Oh, one day Brewers just got to get pitching. They never have the pitching. They never have the starting pitching. Well, we have the starting pitching. And Corbin Burns just won a Cy Young. He is not just part of an elite staff. He is the elite of the elite. He's the top-line starter of the starting rotation. As Jim Irsay would say, he's in the upper quartile of that upper quartile the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000 all right that means in the upper quartile of winners we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile it's a lot of quartiles corbin burns is the guy at a position of strength of which i've wanted the Bruce to have my entire life and that guy has pitched six innings in the playoffs as a starter one start One call, that's all, essentially. And I know he pitched in 2018, but he was in a relief role. I'm talking about as the guy, as the horse to which the Brewers hitched their wagon, Corbin Burns has pitched six innings. You know, one appearance as a starting pitcher in the playoffs. It doesn't really fly well with me. If I have to tell my kids one day, hey, once upon a time, the Brewers had a Cy Young winner. Oh, he was good. He had every pitch in his arsenal. Man, he could locate a cutter. Curveball, cut fastball, slider, I, just all of the pitches, son or daughter, who I'm hypothetically speaking to. And, and he won a Cy Young and he was so good and he was so fun to watch. And he once began a season by striking out like 40 straight guys without a walk. And it was just unbelievable. And my child one day will ask me, Oh, well, did the Brewers build around him, Daddy? D- did he lead them to great success in the postseason? And if I have to tell my kid, Well, oh, he made one start one year, one time. It's just, uh, it doesn't go over well. That's an organizational failure, in my opinion. Think of the best brewers in my lifetime. Braun and Fielder. Bill Hall. Kidding. Mostly. Yelich. And probably Burns. Now, you could make the case for Granke. You could make the case for Sabathia, but those guys were here briefly. They were not brewers in the sense that Braun and Fielder were, 
or Yelich or now Burns or Woodruff. Woodruff's probably up there too. But of all the greatest brewers I've seen in my lifetime, really other than Yelich, none of their careers aligned with this golden age of Brewers baseball that we find ourselves in. Burns did. Burns is here right now with the Brewers trying to contend and all of this talent and a great pitching staff. Well, they had an elite closer. They got rid of him. I guess we can't talk about an elite closer. We have Devin Williams, who's fine. He's nice. None of those guys, Braun, Fielder, Bill Hall, again, (laughs) none of those guys, their careers never aligned with this perfect window of contention. Now, Braun was here for a little bit in that early window, and then a little bit again in 2018, but it's not like his career and his prime aligned perfectly with back-to-back-to-back-to-back playoff appearances the way that Burns did. I texted David Gasper about this today. He said the Brewers can't do this without signaling a full rebuild, which is why he's passing this off as off-season fodder. I'm not so sure. And you know I'd never disagree with David Gasper unless it's about Andrew or, uh, Orlando Arcia or like a couple of prospects here and there. But Gasper said today that the Brewers can't do this without signaling a full rebuild and therefore would not do it. To which I responded, oh, David Gasper, are you new here? They did it three months ago with Josh Hader. The Brewers are a little delusional. They're like, oh, yeah, we can trade our best player in the middle of the season in first place. Not a rebuild. They'll be fine with the with the players. That'll go over well in the clubhouse. Won't take the season at all. This just worries me. This seems like the, the, the first spark that grows into a little flame, that grows into a blaze, very similar to that Ken Rosenthal piece that came about Hater on that Sunday night, a week before the trade deadline. I'm just I'm marking this down. Marking this down. That's all. We're going to move on and we're going to talk Packers, but I want to mark this down for now. Alex says Burns would look great in a Dodgers uniform. Oh, disgusting. Oh, puke. Correa, too. I know, Alex, I know you're a Dodgers fan, and and I don't have anything personally against you or the Dodgers. It's just such a gross franchise. I watch the Dodgers, and it's like, okay, so here's an all-star team. There's Mookie Betts, who's really a Red Sox in my mind. There's Freddie Freeman, who's brave. Uh, And there's uh, this guy who's played here and this guy who played. Like, they're not, it's not a team. It's just a collection of players that were bought and paid for. I just, ugh, ugh, no. Downtown Billy says the Bucks play tonight. Uh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. They play the Thunder. It looks like Giannis and Drew Holiday are going to sit. So maybe skip the Bucks game tonight. Maybe watch a different matchup. Rock and Rick's texting in about special teams. That's probably a good sign that we should move on. Let's talk about the Packers coming up next. I'm getting a little worried about the Packers, and you're you're thinking, no kidding, they've lost six in a row. <laughs> I don't mean on the field. I mean off the field. I'm worried that this Packers locker room is a powder keg and it's about to go off because I'm seeing some sparks. A couple little individual things that are harmless enough right now, but I think could turn into issues pretty quickly and really send the season up in smoke. The season is going away in a whimper right now in a, in a smoldering pile of ashes. It, it could become a powder keg. This could blow sky high. I'm seeing some telltale signs here. I'll share those telltale signs with you. Coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Slow News Wednesday in a couple of minutes. Matt Schneidman had a great conversation with one Aaron Rodgers about the return of Mike McCarthy to Lambeau Field. It's very interesting. I'm going to share some of the best snippets with you. Coming up in a few. We open the show with the Brewers, because why not? Let's have a little fun. We're now going to get into the Packers. I'm worried. 
I'm worried that this team has some explosive potential. They've just been kind of whimpering along, losing games, very uninspiring. They're not the Brooklyn Nets here going up in smoke, right? They're just a team that's underperforming and kind of sad. They haven't exploded yet. Nothing wild has happened. I feel like we're trending that way. I have a couple of telltale signs, a couple of clues that I want to share with you here over the next couple of minutes. Send me a text, 608-796-2558, and you can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I'm taking the Corbin Burns nugget seriously, the Ken Rosenthal thing. I'm taking that seriously because the the big event, the the proverbial blaze always starts with the spark, right? There's always a little something, and then it snowballs into something big, right? Ken Rosenthal on one Sunday night just reports, eh, the Brewers might be shopping Hader, and we're like, nah, they're going to be buyers. They're contending. And then a week later, they trade Josh Hader. Delusional ass franchise. God, that's still such a bad trade, right? So I'm taking the Burns nugget seriously. I'm seeing some nuggets with the Packers, just little ones here and there. Nothing big yet. Maybe the rest of this Packers season plays out quietly and they go quietly into the night and they just stink and nothing interesting or dramatic ever happens. But I'd be surprised. I just want to put everyone's antennas up on a couple of things here. Thing number one, remember a week or so ago, it feels like it was longer than that. Remember a week or so ago when... Peter Bukowski and John Kuhn fought on Twitter. Remember that? Not just like a little back and forth, like like duel of the fates level stuff, back and forth, multiple tweets, long threads, just nasty. All right. If you don't waste your life away on Twitter and you don't know what I'm talking about, let, let me do my best to explain. I can be concise here. So Peter Bukowski reported after Aaron Rodgers said, I believe on the McAfee show, if guys are making mistakes, got to start cutting reps. Remember that comment? So Bukowski, who does the Locked on Packers podcast, reported that there were some in the Packers locker room that uh, aren't too fond of that. It's not going over well. It wasn't appreciated. There were people in the locker room that, mm, we didn't like that, right? And John Kuhn, who's on the Packers radio network, uh, he has a show 9 to noon with Brian Butch and Armin Sarian. He basically said, Pete, you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. You're a bad journalist. Reveal your sources, et cetera, et cetera, right? And they're just going back and forth. Just, just ugly. Look, I'm not defending Peter, but Peter Bukowski's nuts on Twitter. He tweets all the time. There's too much. And even when he makes a good point, then he tweets like nine other times. I'm just like, Pete, you got to reel it back a little bit. Now, I don't dislike Pete personally. I don't know him. But Pete sometimes does too much on Twitter. I'm not defending or enjoying everything that Pete does. But if Pete comes out and says, hey, I got some sources in the Packers locker room that really don't like this. This isn't going over well. I'm not going to jump in and be like, oh, Pete, you don't know what you're talking about. Podcasters can have sources, guys. Writers can have sources. You don't need to write for a newspaper and be in the locker room every day to know people and to hear things. It was this whole thing back and forth about Peter Bukowski, the journalist, John Kuhn calling him out. It was ugly. Remember this? Well, this week, Jeremy Fowler and Dan Graziano put out their week 10 column, I guess I would call it, at ESPN+. And in this column, they talked about the Packers and essentially confirmed some of the things that Pete was saying about a week or two ago. I'm going to read some of it for you. I don't want to paraphrase. Again, I want to read it verbatim. So the prompt in the article was, what are you hearing about the Packers during their five-game losing streak? And here's Jeremy Fowler. I'm reading this verbatim. That some of the young wide receivers have been painted as scapegoats for the Packers' problems, despite Aaron Rodgers' absence during OTAs, which isn't sitting well with some there. Jeremy Fowler's words, not mine. 
So this is building on what we've heard from others. But when Bukowski brought it up a couple weeks ago, people probably because it was Pete, fairly or unfairly, didn't buy into it. And then John Kuhn piled on, which made it worse. And Jeremy Fowler's coming out this week and saying, oh, yeah, that's totally true. Some of the young wide receivers, they don't like it. They've been painted at the scapegoat. They don't think it's fair. Aaron Rodgers wasn't even here during OTAs, and that's not sitting well in this locker room. Now, this is my thoughts. I'm just spitballing here. I have no sources. I just read what everybody else says, people who have actual sources. Rodgers' comments are tough, yes, but it's not out of the ordinary for Rodgers to say something like that. If I was Romeo Dobbs, especially Romeo Dobbs, I'd be pissed about the young wide receiver narrative. Not just about things that Aaron Rodgers said, but the narrative in general that, well, the Packers offense stinks because they got kids playing wide receiver. If I was Romeo Dobbs, that would piss me off because Romeo Dobbs is a quote-unquote kid. He is young, yes, but he's playing. He's out there, and he's made some really good plays. Meanwhile, Christian Watson, the other kid, has been a disaster. He can't stay on the field. It's been a mess. Now, the rest of the wide receiving core, Watkins has been a disaster, and he's not young, and he can't stay healthy. Cobb isn't available. He's not young. Lazard isn't available, and he's been bad. Yet the narrative is the Packers offense stinks because of the young guys. If I'm Romeo Dobbs, it's like, wait, I'm the least of everyone's worries here. Why, why does everyone else on this offense, why do all the veterans get to skate by without blame while the offense struggles get blamed on the young guys? Aaron Rodgers keeps missing guys. That's not on me. That's not on my youth. It's not my fault Watson can't stay healthy, and it's not my fault Sammy Watkins forgot how to run a route. Why am I being scapegoated? Why are the young wide receivers being scapegoating? There's only two of us here, and the other one can't stay on the field. So if I'm Romeo Dobbs, I totally would be frustrated with this narrative that the Packers suck because the wide receivers are kids. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is solely responsible for that. That's part of it, because when you go on McAfee and say, hey, if you make mistakes, you should get reps cut, Like that contributes to the discourse, but it's not just Aaron Rodgers. Totally not just Aaron Rodgers, right? I think it's fair that that comes from everywhere, because when people talk about the Packers, it's easier to say, well, the wide receivers are young. It's easier to say that versus, well, Watkins can't run around, and Randall Cobb's a million years old and is hurt again, and uh, Alan Lazard is, is slightly regressed this season and can't hold on to the ball. That's wordy, and, and no one wants to spend time or energy talking about the Packers in the mainstream media because they're not interesting. They're not good. So they pass this team and the offense off as they got kids playing wide receiver. That's not fair to Romeo Dobbs, which is what I was saying all of last week. At least he's out there. He's making plays. Yeah, he's going through some growing pains, but he's also made huge plays, made a great catch against Buffalo, was a huge part of the reason they beat Tampa, which is one of the three times they won this year. So I feel for Romeo Dobbs. I totally get it. There's a lack of specificity when talking about the Packers offense in the mainstream media. Part of that is on Rodgers. Part of it is not. I don't want to fully blame Rodgers for that. Something else I noticed this week, another nugget. TJ Lang tweeted out a video of a goal line play in Detroit yesterday. It was one of the run plays out of shotgun to A.J. Dillon where he pulled the ball and threw it up to Sammy Watkins on the left boundary in a one-on-one. And if you watch this video, and I retweeted it, Bakhtiari looks perplexed. Like, why, why, did we, why didn't we run it there? Elton Jenkins looks downright pissed. And, and it wasn't the piss, like, what are we doing? It's like, I've had enough. That's what his body language says. I'm just I'm reading between the lines of what's being reported. I'm reading what I'm seeing on the game, and you might be thinking, Grant, you don't have sources. You're not a reporter. Do I need to be a reporter to speak on some of this stuff? I own a TV. We watch the games. You see the clips that all the smart Packers people are cutting up and putting on Twitter. The tea leaves do not spell good things for this team. 
And I'm not just talking about wins and losses, but I'm talking about locker room cohesion. This team isn't together right now. I think this locker room is probably a little divided. And part of that is out of Aaron Rodgers' control, but part of that is Aaron Rodgers, right? Again, not his fault, but it is because of Rodgers. Rodgers drives the headlines and the narratives on this team, but there's 52 other guys on the roster. And most of them are just beginning their NFL career. Even like Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander, those guys are veterans by some standards, right? Depends on who you compare them to. They're veterans compared to rookies or second-year players, but they're just beginning to come into their own. Jair is just starting his his first big contract, as is Rashawn Gary. He will be starting that point in his career. There's a lot of young guys on this team, and what Rodgers does or doesn't do has very little effect on the Zach Toms of the world and the A.J. Dillons of the world and the Rashawn Gary's of it. Do you get my point? Rodgers is driving all the narratives, but... Rodgers really doesn't have that much of an impact. He's really not on the same timeline as most all these guys on the roster. The whole last dance thing last year, you think Elton Jenkins gave a damn about that? Or Jair Alexander? Like, everyone's talking about, oh, it's the last dance. We're going all in. And Elton Jenkins is like, look, I'm, I'm a second, third-year player. What do you mean last dance? But everyone on this team is discussed through the lens of Rodgers, and I think that starts to wear on some of these guys. Another example, I was listening to John Kuhn today because I knew we were going to be talking about him on the show tonight. And I was like, whatever. I was driving around. I was listening to Bill, and I said, Bill, you know I love your show. You're my guy. But I'm just going to see what John Kuhn has to say for a couple of minutes. And I tuned into his show just because I didn't really want to talk about him without getting a little bit of a sense about what he was saying on his show today. You were talking about Sunday's game, and John Kuhn's like, oh, it's going to be an emotional game for the Packers with McCarthy coming back. Emotional for who? For Rodgers? Sure. Rodgers has been here a million years. Do you think, again, I'll use Elton Jenkins as an, as an example. You think Elton Jenkins gives a flying bleep about Mike McCarthy and some emotional reunion? He's like, man, I'm trying to come back off a knee injury. I'm gutting it out for my team every week. I'm playing tackle when you need me. I'm playing guard when you need me because Bakhtiari can't stay on the field and all these other guys suck. And now I got to deal with an emotional homecoming of a coach that I never played for. Now we got to deal with this. God, you think, you think Elton Jenkins cares about this stuff? I think Devondre Campbell cares about this stuff. Devondre Campbell, Clubhouse Live, is talking up Jordan Love and saying he's better than most starters or some starters, I should say, in the league. Now, that's lip service to the crowd, and he's being a nice teammate to Jordan Love, but I do think this team is divided because all the discussion around this team is based on Aaron Rodgers, but there's 52 other guys on this roster who are at very different points in their career. They have very different goals for this season. They have very different goals for the next two or three years, and now we got to worry about what did they make a decision on Jordan Love? Aaron Rodgers got to deal with an emotional homecoming of Mike McCarthy. Aaron Rodgers is calling us out in the media and young wide receivers are getting scapegoated. This is a, a toxic mix. This is a stew where the ingredients are not mixing well together. And I think that's a big part of why this team can't get itself off the mat. He scored nine points against a historically bad defense in Detroit. It's not just the personnel. It's not just the scheme. It's not just Aaron Rodgers. The, the mix of it all just sucks. There's no cohesion. There's no synergy at all. And I think some of the points that I just made, some of the things that I was writing down and, and trying to track down today, all reasons why, all contributing factors. Let's take a break. Come back in five minutes. We'll talk more. I saw the phone ring a little bit. I'll get to all the calls, all the texts coming up next. Wisco Sports Show, back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. 
We're going to do Slow News Wednesday in a little bit. Matt Schneidman sat down with Aaron Rodgers. And they had a nice little conversation back and forth. You can read it at The Athletic, or I can save you some time and share with you my favorite parts coming up in just a few minutes. Mike McCarthy's return. How the turntables have turned. How things have changed. How the script has flipped since week one. I remember watching Sunday night week one and thinking, man, this Cowboys team's terrible. I don't know if Mike McCarthy's going to make it to the Lambeau game. And here we are. I I think the Cowboys are going to blast the Packers on Sunday. Sean in Eau Claire, who's becoming a, a nice, sturdy, solid texter to the show. Sean, let's go. Says, hi, Grant. I watched the clip that TJ Lang put up. The line did look pissed, but they can start throwing hissy fits when they can consistently block somebody. Way too often, their running backs get stopped for no game. Then every once in a while, they get a bim boom play. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. Their offensive line stinks at run blocking. Yeah, they're not personnel-wise a line that was put together to run block. That's never how the Packers have built their offensive line. They're always taller, thinner, leaner, faster, more versatile, more mobile uh, pass blocking offensive linemen, which they've been hit or miss. The thing is, when Bakhtiari's been in there, he's been really good. When Elton Jenkins has been a guard, he's been better than at tackle. Yash Nyman looks pretty respectable at right tackle. Packers people keep telling me Josh Myers looks good. I've yet to see it. I mostly think it's denial because they could have had Creed Humphreys, one of the best uh, centers in football, but whatever. The thing is, on that play, Sean, Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins both cleared their guys out. And A.J. Dillon's got a one-on-one in the hole with the linebacker. Call me crazy. I just think that's a play that A.J. Dillon needs to make. You give him the ball with one yard to get, not even. A.J. Dillon, if you can't get through one linebacker who plays for the Lions, why did we draft you in the second round? Oh, I. the answer to that question is clear. They shouldn't have drafted him in the second round. I know we all love A.J. Dillon. I don't want to be Mr. Negative, but it's not about hissy fits or blocking consistently or any of that, Sean. This team is just toxic right now. They're not gelling. I think there's different camps. I think there's Rogers camp and the veterans. And then there's the young guys who are like, what are we doing here? And then Matt LaFleur doesn't know what to do with any of it. It's a tough spot to be in. 608-796-2558. Wisco Chad. Chad in Sun Prairie. What's up, Chad? Hey, Grant. How's it going? Uh, going feeling, good today. Feeling uh, pretty, pretty pessimistic, it sounds like. Well, they've lost six in a row, so I, you know, I don't know what else. Uh, did they have any? I, I lost track after three. Yeah. But. You know, we sit here, and it's the same thing that the media cycle kind of creates. Uh, to be honest with you, I think if it was really that bad, it would have already came out already. And if it isn't, I, it's still kind of a bit of a shock that people haven't thrown Rodgers under the bus already and ran him over twice. I mean, he didn't show up to OTAs. That would have been the first thing you heard, but it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like they're realistic with each other. Yeah, I mean, some of these some of these things have come out. Like, you do have sources talking with Jeremy Fowler and others about how, like, hey, uh, we, we don't like being thrown under the bus in the media. Like, we don't really love some of the things that Rodgers has said, and he wasn't even here in OTAs, so why is this on us? Like, we have heard some of that stuff. It's just been small little quips and quotes here and there. But, again, like, you, you know, you made this point about how, like, Elton Jenkins, for instance, doesn't care about the Mike McCarthy thing. Bulletin board material, bulletin board material. Remember Bart Scott did it a number of years ago, and it became a huge thing? There was plenty of rookies on that team that, or, you know, younger guys that just didn't care about the matchup and just got excited on the hype. Sometimes you just need to do that. If that's what it's, if, if like, United Front, the United enemy is Mike McCarthy, I'm cool with it. Get behind it. Make that your enemy. 
you, does he seem like an enemy? Does he seem like an enemy right now? He he just seems so innocent. Just McCarthy, likable guy, coaching a pretty likable Cowboys team. Mike McCarthy was the most Midwestern guy at whole home. I'm Mike McCarthy. <laughs> I don't know. It just, he never. It was it was the same same reason why I always felt like he needed a PR guy to stand next to him. And like when he got excited, they'd have to like shout into the megaphone because. Even Mike got excited. He just kind of like, and I'm really excited right now. This is me excited. This is me happy. He's, okay, he smashed Mike. watermelons once. That's pretty badass. Malafleur's never smashed watermelons before. Gallagher did that in the 70s. He's dead. Well, so he might be alive. But anyway, Rogers had to like, get his inspiration cool. from somewhere. I mean, of course. <laughs> Gets it from his uh, spirit trip in the desert, smoking. <laughs> He referred to it in this. So I'm going to read some quotes from this Matt Schneidman piece coming up where they're talking about uh, Mike McCarthy. And Rogers did refer to it casually as Aya in this. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, So we have a a nickname for it. Yeah, I'm just doing, well, you know, this summer when I was doing some Aya, it's like, oh, so we have a name for it. Okay. (laughs) Good. That's when you get on the Aya. You get, you you know, it's. It's not until the third or fourth hit of the eye up that it really starts pumping. Oh. And, you know, you really get into your groove. What are we, do, what are we yeah, doing? I mean, what, what are we, how are we having this conversation right now, Chad? What happened to this season? The Brewers have won more recently than this. And now we're, we're making sad jokes about ayahuasca and Mike McCarthy coming to Lambeau to kick our ass. What happened? Well, they're the 30th unluckiest team in the NFL. And, I, and again, I... I was listening to you last night, and I had some kind of thoughts on this, too. Like, you know, we've kind of been an unlucky team historically, and I'm not somebody that truly believes in luck, per se. I believe in true analytics and metrics. Okay. When two of the three stadiums in your division are the worst field, the Metrodome, it's, uh, well, Florida Field previous, and then, uh, oh, is it the Silverdome before it? Yeah. were traditionally awful surfaces to play in, it kind of starts to make sense a little bit more. And then throw in the Bears field, which is one of the worst, if not the worst, grass fields in the NFL. It all makes sense, right? Like injuries, so, you mean? It, the injuries make sense? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And then if you play a physical, like they always called it the black and blue division, right, back in the day. Yeah. Because when they played each other, it was a slugfest. And, you know, you, you put that extra intensity in here, you have that going on, and you have crappy fields. Like, you wonder why we had nine Packers go out and destroy it on Sunday. It, it just it, it stinks. But it's hard to win games when you're what, what's the, basically your best player on defense hurt. You lose a cornerback that, you know, had been having kind of a bad year, but that doesn't mean he couldn't have maybe he tried to turn it around if we got a lead for once. So, I, I don't know. It's just, it's hard. I'm with you, That's Chad. What, that in my opinion. What's that? I'm with you. I get the luck stuff. It's just they lost six in a row before all these guys got hurt. I I don't know. I, I got to take a break because we got to get a Mike Clemens update and I got some other things. But I, I hear what you're saying, Chad. It's just, I don't know. I'm with you a little bit, but it's not just about luck to lose six in a row. But I, but I appreciate the call. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> Pretty happy. Yeah, Chad. Thanks. Have a good night. I, I don't disagree. Like, yeah, Ford Field sucks. Turf sucks. I mean, Mike Clemens was telling us that last night. I just, I don't know. We can always cite luck. You can cite luck when a team is five and three instead of six and two or seven and one. You know, when a team is three and six, I don't, I don't really want to hear it about luck. 
you know, here and there, like a bad bounce of the ball. Or Aaron Rodgers did have a good point. Like the ball gets bounced up in the air, both for Rodgers and for Goff. Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary run into each other trying to get the ball, and the Lions are able to come down with it. Okay, that's the difference, but like a, a, a portion of luck I don't buy into. Whoa, the ball bounced off someone's helmet. Ah, uh, no, it was thrown into the helmet. Like that's not bad luck. That's Aaron Rodgers making a bad throw, which happens. Quarterbacks occasionally make bad throws, but let's not spin what actually happened. Well, the guy's helmet just teleported in the way of the ball. No, he threw it into the dude's helmet. Threw it right into the side of his dome. Boom, bounced up in the air. Got a text here from Rockin' Rick, who just says five exclamation point. Not sure what that means, but I will ponder. If you want to follow up, we'll talk about it on the other side of the break. Mike in Colorado says, Grant, how far away is the proverbial player-only meeting? Oh, didn't somebody say, wasn't Aaron Rodgers asked about a players-only meeting at some point? Am I dreaming this? Did this happen where Rodgers was asked about a players-only meeting in the press conference? He's like, ah, players-only meetings are done. Like, they don't, they're not really real. or Like, someone was playing down what a players-only meeting was. I, did this happen? I'm going to Google Aaron Rodgers' players-only meeting during this break because I, I feel like I remember this happening not that long ago. Thank you for the text, Mike. Let's take a break. We'll get an update from Mike Clements. Get into some Slow News Wednesday. A little, uh, little uh, private reading time. Matt Schneidman and... Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. It's a pretty good piece. I'll share with you the highlights coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers getting ready to host the Dallas Cowboys here on Sunday. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones says that Aaron Rodgers throw to Jared Cook to set up a Mason Crosby field goal to win the divisional playoffs back in 2016 in Dallas was tough, but he's still upset about a play the year before here at Lambeau Field. You've had some tough battles with Aaron Rodgers over the years. Is there is there any player you can think of that, that's caused you more football heartache? That um, pass he threw out here at that he threw on the sideline that at the end of the ball game, it seems like because he's quarterback, it seems like he's made the plays. The biggest heartbreak uh, play he wasn't involved in, and that was the one of Des Bryant when uh, they ruled he didn't have the catch. That's the one that stands out the most. Jones on the fan in Dallas. We spoke to Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy on the phone who says that coaches get fired, but being let go by the Packers with still four games left to play and the schedule left what he calls a dent in his family. You know, the exit, you know, definitely was, was uh, not a fan of. And, you know, they left the dent with our family. But the year off, the opportunity to, to, be, to be together and do the things we did, you know, I think in hindsight, turns out to be, would be one of the best things that we were able to do. So how will McCarthy be received before this Sunday's game? Aaron Rodgers on the McAfee Show. I'm going to give him a big old hug. I can tell you that much. Let's see, Mike. Uh, shared some messages the past uh, past couple weeks, and I know uh, it means a lot to him to come back. Affection. I really do hope the reception for him is as warm as it love needs to be. That's Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens. Best Packers coverage. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over Mike Clemens' update. I don't want to disrespect his update. It's great reporting like that, but whatever, man. Love and affection. A lot of, a lot of love and affection, remembrance. Just great feelings, warm feelings, fuzzy feelings. Mike McCarthy, okay, sure. This is the Wisconsin Sports Show. Ty Texan says, are we really blaming Green Bay losing on the opposing team's field conditions? If that's the case, those teams should be banged up all the time. Yeah, look. Quisco Chad's firing from the hip. He's bringing some interesting takes. 
You know, he's citing the fields around the NFC North. They haven't played at Soldier Field yet this year. And they lost four or five in a row coming into... Um, coming into... Uh, my brain just shut off. Coming into Detroit. So, I, I, the field positions... Chad, I love it. You got an idea. You're going for it. I, I just can't meet you there. However, you know I love your calls. I love your contributions. But I'm just... I can't be there with you. Eric on I-90 texts in. Says you have to ask yourself... What would Bernie Cooper do that will guide you forward through the season? That seems like a dated reference or a joke that's going over my head. So I am going to research that further when we have our next commercial break. And I actually want to talk about what the rest of the season looks like. And I want to ask you guys if I'm a bad fan, because I have some feelings about the rest of the season that I, I don't think most of you are going to agree with. But before we get there, Slow News Wednesday, Match Nineman, Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy. Let's do it. <laughs> This is Slow News Wednesday on the Wisco Sports Show. Really, I just made an intro so I could use Zach Eilfrin's voice. At least as much Zach as possible. It's really what it's about. Match Neidman Q&A with Aaron Rodgers. It's basically the transcript of the conversation. It's out through The Athletic. It's pretty good. I saw a lot of people sharing it. Ebo, our guy from The Morning Show, retweeted it from The Zone. Over the line, 6 to 10. Ebo was sharing it. Some really cool answers. Some fun anecdotes about Mike McCarthy. Let's see. First part of this I wanted to share. Your favorite Mike McCarthy memory. Aaron Rodgers, share it with us. And this is what he said. Quote, I remember about the quarterback school mostly. We spent so much time together, those first couple 06 and 07 off seasons. Brett wasn't a part of the offseason program a whole lot, so I got a lot of time with Tom Clements and Joe Philbin and Mike McCarthy in those years and just remember it was a lot of ball, a lot of talking through the offense and defensive identification, everything. Started at the beginning, setting the huddle to here's the formations, to here's all the motions, here's all the backfield alignments, here's the adjustments, alignments for F and for E and for U tight end, all the base concepts, and here's the defense. Here's what a 30 front is, a 40, a 50, blah, 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 blah. Different coverages. Here's the pressure. Skipping ahead. It was a crash course. Not even a crash course. It was a course at a snail's pace in football, and I'm forever grateful for those moments. Those years of really getting to study as a backup and learn football and then practice how to drop, the reach, the punch, the reach, the crossover, the heel toe, the four to five, how all of it worked together, and I was able to hone my fundamentals during those early years and get a lot better during those off seasons. I wonder... And I think about this all the time, and we'll never know. What would Aaron Rodgers' career look like if he went first overall to San Francisco and he had to play right away? Right? Maybe his career goes differently. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe he's great. Maybe he wins the Super Bowl, wins multiple MVPs. Maybe it's all the same. But I wonder all the time if Aaron Rodgers kind of needed to sit those first couple of years and work through things to become the quarterback he is today. We'll never know, but something I think about a lot. Question. What role did Mike play in the summer of 08 during the transition from Favre to you and make you feel comfortable with everything going on with Brett? Quote from Rogers. I think the thing I appreciated the most about him during that time was the honesty. We had a lot of fun conversations daily about what was going on, where he was at, what he was thinking. There's definitely a part of me that was resigned to the possibility that Brett would just kind of waltz back in and be the guy. And that was going to be that. And all I said during it was, keep me in the loop. Let me know what you guys are thinking. Obviously, whatever you guys end up deciding is what's going to go, but I'd appreciate hearing from you guys first and not the media. Mike was grateful about that, just keeping me in the loop at all times with everything that was going on. A lot of stuff behind the scenes that's never actually been talked about or released, of course. Things that we laugh about between the two of us. Definitely, we leaned on each other during that time because it was strange for all of us, but I really did appreciate the honesty. It amazes me 
the way in which Rogers was around for all of this stuff at the end of Favre and in his own way kind of did it the same way at the end of his career. <laughs> it's just funny. How would you describe your 13 years with him and the way that those years ended? I'm going to skip to the answer. There's more to this, but I'm going to skip to the end of this answer just for brevity's sake. I mean, you're around for so long. The people who were kind of your allies and in your corner are all gone. Like when I was drafted, the GM was new. It was Ted Thompson. The team president was Bob Harlan. When Mike was brought in, it was the same. So by the time we got to this thing, 13 years, it was a new GM, new team president. So they don't have the same type of allegiance, I think. And that's part of sports. Transcending coaches and players can last longer than presidents and GMs at times. And so you get in situations from time to time where you might not think it's going as well as you think it should be for the people in positions of power. Then there's changes that can get made because the person has a chance to put their own person into place. That definitely happened with Mike. And a couple of years later, obviously, they drafted my replacement. So it's all part of daily life in the NFL. Eh, Two things. I don't think that's why they got rid of McCarthy. They got rid of McCarthy because it wasn't working and because they lost to Arizona and Josh Rosen at home. This was maybe the most interesting part of the interview because it's Aaron Rodgers basically saying like, yeah, when you're around for long enough and the people above you change, sometimes they just want their own guy. And it's a weird reality in sports. And I think it's because sports are really dominated by men because I don't think a woman would take over a team and be like, okay, good quarterback, good coach. I want my own guy. (laughs) It's just something guys do. It's just something men do. It's like, I want my own guy. It's a matter of pride. I got to put my stamp on this organization. It's a very manly thing. And it's interesting to hear Roger speak about it that way. I don't know if that's totally how it went. I think Mike McCarthy personally could have kept that job as long as possible, as long as they were winning. That's not how it went. I don't think it was Gudikins cutting him loose because he wanted his own guy. A little different than that. A couple more points from this we can hit coming up next. We'll talk more Packers next on the Wisco Sports Show. times in my life, as have many of my teammates. I hope we just dig deep and find a way. We will truly be underdogs. Hopefully we can embrace that, and then this thing looks a little different. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Six-foot Steve Jackson. He says, the refs, the field, luck, karma, voodoo. Packers fans will blame anything to keep from having to say that they are a bad team. Hey, Steve. Why should the son pay for the sins of the father? Why does Wisco Chaz Hall reflect so poorly on me? I'm This Packers team stinks. And the quarterback doesn't have the right attitude right now, and he's not playing well. And the head coach can't figure it out. Nobody's working together. There's no synergy. Everybody's mad about everybody else. I I am there. I am a Packers fan, but I'm not of Packers fandom. I'm an owner, but that's separate. That's a business venture. That's not a pleasure venture. Don't put this on me. A lot of people say, well, the Packers are unlucky. Rodgers threw the ball off the guy's helmet. How did the helmet get there? Did God reach down and move the helmet in front of the ball? No, that would be bad luck. Rodgers threw it into the side of the guy's head. And then the throw to Bakhtiari, it's like, oh, Hutchinson was in the right place at the right time. No, Rodgers, instead of throwing it up and over the defense like a normal quarterback would, slung it sidearm like he's trying to turn a quick double play. No, 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 no. No luck involved here. Now, there was a, a interception that bounced up, and then Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith both alligator-armed it, but that's not bad luck. That's just Rashawn Gary not making a play. And I know Packers fans want to say that Rashawn Gary is Lawrence Taylor. He is not. And again, I'll get canceled for that because... Rashawn Gary stands are a, a weird breed, as we talked about yesterday. 
Rashawn Gary didn't make the play. That's not bad luck. That's just a defensive player not making a play. It's not bad luck that Rodgers had an interception bounce up. You don't want it to bounce up. Don't throw it into the guy's head. The ball is going to be behind Alan Lazard anyways. If you see the all-22 film from behind, you see Lazard before the ball even hits the helmet starting to reach behind him because you can see the ball is going to come out behind him. Don't put this on me. Hey, I love my callers. Talk with them all. Hear their points. Hear them out. But six-foot Steve, do not put that on me. Do not put Wisco Chad's takes on me. One more text here before we get to the phones. Jared and DeForest says, so I can see why we didn't go all in for a top wide receiver at the deadline, but maybe should have added to the depth of the group with a mid-tier guy. All of our receivers are injury prone and have re-reliability concerns. The optics of that move would have driven Packers insane. I'm sure Packers fans insane. Well, like Sammy Watkins, like like Juju Smith-Schuster, they could have Juju, could have kept MVS. Yeah. I'm tired. This damn team. Have they lost six in a row or five in a row? It's five in a row, correct? I think that's what Rock and Wick was correcting me on. Let's see. Giants, Jets, Commanders, Bills, Lions. Yeah, five in a row. My bad. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I appreciate y'all being here. Uh, I'm going to ponder whether or not I'm a bad Packer fan. That's in a couple of minutes because I have a take and I, I don't know if it's a correct one. I don't know if it's a good one. But first, let's talk to FedEx Fred. FedEx Fred, what's going on? <laughs> Uh, they're about to lose six in a row. Ugh, might so as well. You were kind of right about that. What's the difference? Yeah. yeah, five, six, seven. It's all the same. Um, so I was listening to you earlier, and you you brought up a very good question, and I've been thinking about it since you said it. Who is this an emotional football game for next this coming weekend? With with uh, McCarthy coming back to Green Bay. Hmm. What is it? Two people. David Bakhtiari and Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Are those the only two remaining people that were on that team? Well, Crosby, but Crosby's Crosby. the kicker, so that's secondary. Bakhtiari was there. He was drafted in 14, so he was there for a couple of years with McCarthy, but not at a high level and not contending or winning a Super Bowl in 2010. I think it's going to be emotional for Rodgers because he'll make it emotional. I think it'll be emotional for Crosby, but that won't matter. And I think it'll be emotion, emotional for Matt LaFleur because Matt LaFleur is going to feel like the new boyfriend at the wedding and the ex-boyfriend is there and the ex-boyfriend has a Super Bowl ring and he doesn't, so he's going to get weird about it. So, But but those three or four guys, yeah. I, I, I just I thought it was a very valid point because it's like the rest of the team doesn't really care. They don't. They, they didn't play with it. Which is another football game where they don't want to get their butts kicked in. Yeah. And unfortunately... Green Bay is just not a good football team. They're not. They're, they're not blending together. There's no synergy. It doesn't look like they're having fun. They're not having a good time. And my point with bringing that up, uh, Fred, was that I think all the talk going into this game is emotional return. Rodgers reunited with his head coach. And I think there's a lot of guys on this roster who are like, oh, I'm so sick of this. Like No one cares about this McCarthy thing. And yet this is all we're going to hear about because of Rodgers. I... Oh, no. You said, you said, went on in the wire room with Aaron Rodgers and his comments the last couple of weeks on the Pat McAfee show. Mm-hmm. And now you have McCarthy coming back, and these guys are probably going to be asked, have, have you felt anything different in the, in the, in the warm ups or in this week leading up to this game with, you know, Mike McCarthy coming? And these guys are probably like, I, it doesn't the coaches. I just want to go out there and win. 
Yeah, and, and, a, and a win would fix a lot of this. Fred, I'm sorry. I got to let you go because you're cutting in and out, and I made out what your final point was there, and I'm going to ride with that. We're going to keep talking about that. The spirit of your call will live on. Unfortunately, I got to let you go. Sorry about that, but text back if you have more to add, and I can I can add it into the show. The spirit of your call will live on. I agree. I think Elton Jenkins, uh, Rashawn Gary, who's obviously now hurt, Kenny Clark, other guys, Adrian Amos probably are like, we're just fed up with it all. We're fed up with Rogers saying this. Now we got to respond to that. Jordan Love might be the future. Is he going to play? It's time to bench Rogers. Is it bad luck? Joe Barry can't call a defense. It's just, uh, it would be one thing to put up with all that drama if the team is winning, but they're not. And I think guys are getting tired. And now this week we got to hear about Mike McCarthy. And I look, let me be clear. I'm not blaming Aaron Rodgers for this. This is how sports work. Right, Aaron Rodgers is the face of the franchise. He's the quarterback, so we are going to talk about the Packers through the lens of Aaron Rodgers. But this year more than ever, we've talked about the Packers through the lens of Aaron Rodgers in a way that I don't think we ever have before. Last year we did a little bit. Last dance. Could it be his final season? Him and Devontae Adams. But I bet last year there were guys in that locker room who were like, oh my God, last dance. I just I just got here. What, 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 why why is, this, is this how it always is? With the veteran quarterback, is this? I swear, is this how it's going to be every year? I, I just think that it wears on some guys in that locker room, and I think some of that frustration was manifested on the field on Sunday. Again, that clip of Elton Jenkins just being like, run the ball, man. Like, just can we just punch it in? It doesn't have to be pretty. Just get it to Dylan. The dude's huge. A.J. Dylan, figure it out, for God's sake. Get a yard and a half here against one linebacker in the hole that I provided for you. I just think it's just so much. There's so much going on. And I think guys are getting sick of it all. Like FedEx Fred said with the McCarthy thing or with the uncertainty in the future and with Jordan Love. And it's just one thing after another. And now Aaron Rodgers says we got to cut reps and this and that. And it's just, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. Especially when the team isn't winning. And I think guys are getting sick about that. Uh, Did I get to all the texts? I'm doing a really good job of keeping up with texts today. I want to make sure I keep up with that. Okay. We're all cut up. 608. 796-2558. 796-2558. You can text to call the show and you can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Should I pay eight bucks a month to be verified? I could just do that now. Should I do that? I'm trying to think of other subscription services. I pay for AMC Plus right now and I'm about to finish Mad Men and I could get rid of that subscription and then just reallocate those funds to get a blue check mark on Twitter. But if I do it now, everyone's going to know I paid for it. <sighs> Maybe we'll put it up to a Twitter poll, but then if people vote yes, I'm going to have to do it. Otherwise, my tweets mean nothing. We'll sleep on it. We'll think about this for a while, maybe after the holidays. But yes, I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I want to ask you a question about my uh, Packers fandom. Right, yesterday we had a pretty good question that was posed by our guy, David, OG caller to the show. And he said, hey, if we had 2020 hindsight, what would we go back and change, right? Knowing what we know now, what would we do differently over the last couple of years? And I said, well, I'd go back to the 2020 draft and change everything. Wouldn't take Jordan Love, wouldn't take A.J. Dillon, wouldn't take Josiah DeGuara, wouldn't take Kamal Martin. I would have taken anybody in the fourth round and not traded away that fourth round pick. I would have done it all differently, would have changed every single pick. I, starting in 2018, knowing what we know now, would sit in the draft room starting in 2018 every year and just be the wide receiver guy. I just sit in the back and I'd say, hey, Goody, buddy, you get a wide receiver? No? All right. Focus, man. We're going to need one. Get us a wide receiver. Whatever tight end you're drafting, don't, don't, like, like I'm yelling at my yellow lab, leave it. <laughs> no, no, you're not going to draft a tight end fullback combo from Western Michigan. I, I can see it in your eye. Yeah, I caught you, goody you. Just take the wide receiver. Don't take Jay Sternberger. 
He sucks. Take Terry McLaurin, Ohio State wide receiver. Seems like that's a reasonable idea, a reasonable pick. And so that's one thing I'd do if I had hindsight. Maybe, you know, go back and approach the Rodgers extension differently. The Zadarius Smith choice to let him go differently. We should talk about the decision to hire Joe Barry, but we don't need 2020 hindsight for that. I, we knew that the first second he was hired. I said, okay, well, this is a dumb choice. Wanted Jim Leonard, couldn't get him. You got to take a chance on some rising star, somebody with energy, somebody young, somebody that's literate, maybe, because I'm still not convinced Joe Barry can read. I know that's mean. It's a joke. We were talking about this yesterday. I have another thought experiment for you. I have a question. Let's say that I want the Packers to lose every game for the rest of the year. Is that bad? Is that bad of me? Does that make me a bad fan if I want that? Because... I'm thinking I kind of want the Packers to maybe lose every game for the rest of the year. Is that a bad thing? Would you blame me for that? Does that make me a bad fan? Let's say I want the Packers to finish 3-14 and 14 or 4-13. and 13. Am I a bad fan for that? We were talking about the Colts yesterday, how the Colts are trying to hold open their Super Bowl window, and they're trying to drag this out. Like uh, Sisyphus or whatever his name is, who's damned to all eternity to roll the boulder up the hill. You know who I'm talking about? Like, that's the Colts. They're just like, no, we can, we can keep it going. We got it. We keep it going. No, you can't. No, you can't. Window's closed. I want the Packers to admit that this window is closed and move as efficiently and swiftly to the next era as possible. Now, the Rodgers contract makes that difficult. Aaron Jones makes that difficult. David Bakhtiari, Kenny Clark, all these cap hits make it difficult. The Packers' situation is, is bad. It's a bad situation. And Goody doesn't have many tools in the toolbox to fix it, but you know what will help? A top five pick. That'll go a long way. And then a top 35 pick to start the second round. Probably use them both on safeties. Probably turn into the next Taha Clinton Dix. <laughs> 608-796-2558. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Steve. Steve. What's going on, Steve? Not much. Just a sad day. I just weatherized my boat and put it away. Oh, that is a sad day. But <laughs> you're going to thank yourself in the spring. Proper winterization and storage can save you a lot of time and energy right. when the weather gets nice right. in the spring. You did a good thing today. Well, I would have done it sooner, but I've been trying to put as much time as I can in the tree stand right now. So. Good for you. Anyway. Good for you. Good for you. But, hey, uh, you know, I, I was really uh, trying to think of all the bad draft choices that the Packers have had in the last couple of years, and then you just rattled a whole bunch of them off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, then I'm uh, thinking, I'm like, yeah, wow, you know, what a shame to have two of the greatest quarterbacks back to back to ever play the game and have only two Super Bowls. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's what makes 2014 really frustrating, and the game against the Buccaneers really frustrating two years ago. Because I, I don't know, I think it's a little reductive to say that the Packers wasted Aaron Rodgers' prime. I don't think they did. Some bad luck here. You know, some roster attrition here. And then that's natural over the course of a quarterback's lifespan. Right. But they had some great chances that they just let get away. And that had nothing to do with the roster. No, it's, it's almost like they'd get to the NFC Championship game and throw up. I don't know. It was Forget how I don't know. It, it's kind of heartbreaking, actually. I mean, at least we're not like the Vikings. At least we've got a couple Super Bowls under our belt. I mean, yeah. I feel pretty fortunate to have seen the Packers win, too, you know? Yeah, it's more than a lot so, of people can say. I'm only 24 years old, and I've seen him win one. I feel very lucky, absolutely. Right, right. Well, I'm I'm 54. I've seen him win two. So, you know, I'm pretty happy, fortunate about that. But yeah. just to see see where they're at now is just, you know. And everybody kind of wants to throw Aaron under the bus, you know, but... 
boy, oh, boy, the Packers as an organization just have not done him any favors in bringing him any help. That's the thing. As quarterbacks age, and we've seen lots of examples, Tom Brady in New England, as quarterbacks age, you just need to beef up the, the artillery around them, you know, the, the weaponry. You just need to help them out a little bit more, and right. the Packers did the opposite. Right. Now, you know, the Rams, the Rams right now have all kinds of firepower, and they're just as bad as we are. So, I mean, who knows? I, you know, maybe it, it just isn't going to work. Um, I really hate to see Aaron leave and go somewhere else, but – Maybe the Packers need to really think about rebuilding and uh, getting rid of some of these high dollar guys and just start over. But if they're going to do that, they got to get rid of uh, they, they got to get rid of the staff that drafted all these guys that just aren't contributing to the team. Yeah, I don't know about the tear it all down thing. I don't know where I stand on that. And Steve, it was nice to hear from you. And if you uh, you've been in the tree stand, give us a, a rut update later in the week. Maybe we can talk about how you're doing because I've seen a lot of deer picks. My dad's been out hunting too. And uh, sorry, I didn't recognize your number. That's our that's our guy, Stephen O'Claire, winterized the boat. That's that is a sad day. But you know, if you did it properly, Steve, you're going to save yourself a lot of time and money in the spring when it comes time to put that puppy back in the water. You know, you got a proper winterization. Take your time. Don't just stick it in the garage. Don't just stick it in the bull shed. Mm-mm. That's where things go wrong. Don't put yourself in that position as a boat owner. I don't know where I stand on the whole tear it all down, fire everyone. That seems a little dramatic. I like Brian Gutekinds as a GM, but then again, maybe I don't because I hate how he's approached the drafts the last couple of years. Again, Tom Brady at the end in New England, it looked like he was washed. And then he went to Tampa and looked great. Why? Because he had athletic, dynamic wide receivers around him and Gronk who could all help him out. At the end in Tampa or at the end of New England, he had Nikhil Harry, which maybe Christian Watson is good comp so far. Big, strong, athletic wide receiver that was taken high in the draft that didn't do anything as a rookie. They had your gadget lacrosse type players that were over the middle. And then Julian Edelman, who was washed by that time. We have Randall Cobb. It's like the Packers tried to do exactly what the Patriots did with Brady late in his career there, which seems like the wrong way of doing things. It seems like we had examples not to follow and they followed them to a T. I feel like I want the Packers to win four games. I want them to really suck. If we're going to suck, suck. If you're going to fail, fail miserably, fail decisively, get a good pick. Get, great, get a great pick. Not just in the first round, but the second round, third round. It's just better picks. Alex says, if they go 3-14, and 14, would you want to take an early quarterback in the draft? Yeah. Here's the thing about Jordan Love. If they know that Jordan Love is good and they're confident in him, great. Then I don't need to see him play. If the Packers, if the Packers are sold on Jordan Love one way or another up until this point, then we don't need to see him play. Everybody keeps saying, well, you got to see what you have in Jordan Love. I feel like they got to have a pretty good idea. You know what I mean? But his fifth-year option is going to be 20 million bucks. That's a ton of money for a team that's already dedicating a lot of money into future caps. I don't know. I don't know. The Jordan Love thing is a little bit of a cluster. But yeah, if they have a top five pick, top three, top four pick, like I'd love them to, yeah, if there's a quarterback you like, take him. Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. Let's talk to Jeff in lacrosse, our resident Bears fan. Bears, what's up, Jeff? Welcome to the show. Well, good good evening. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine. I'm just annoyed by my football team. Well, welcome to my world. Yeah, um, you're you're talking you're talking my language. I will tell you this: once we traded um, we traded away our best pass rusher and our best linebacker, we now have an offense with no defense. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta start someplace. Here's, here's my thought. You were talking about 
Brady and how he had a rebirth. But what did Brady do in Tampa? He took less money so they could sign more talent. That's what you're up against here when you think about it. Well, Where yeah, and it's, getting, and it's, and it's not know. just the, the contract and the size of the contract. It's the timing of the contract. Because we're a couple of years into right. Aaron. Like, Brady was fresh there. So they could just give him the signing bonus and push that money into the future. So that first year they could bring in whoever they wanted. Rodgers is not new in Green Bay. They don't have that same luxury. Right, but if Rodgers really wants to win something next year, don't you have to, can you have a heart-to-heart with him and see if he will take, I, I mean, he's going to take whatever he can get, obviously, but Brady took less, <laughs> excuse me, to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I feel like that's a conversation a that thought. probably should have happened before this contract. Right, but here, here's the funny thing about the whole quarterback thing. Six weeks ago, my friend was texting me how we have the worst quarterback in the NFL statistically, and now we have the player of the week. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of love that the Bears have lost the last two weeks, too. This is great for you guys because you're seeing that Justin Fields is maturing and that can be the guy, but also you're still going to have a good draft pick at the end of the day. I love keep him. Losing. Oh, yeah, you should. Yeah. And if they get rid of him, I'm going to fire the whole front office. They've got to keep him. No, they're not going to get rid um, of him. He, and and he, a lot of the credit is going to your, your ex-quarterback coach because he's He's finally putting him in a position to succeed, not to run an offense that doesn't fit him. Well, he's letting um, him run. So, yeah, well, he's letting him run plays that work, too. It's not all just about running. He's throwing very good passes. He's just not throwing very many of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the running just opens up so much for them. It's like they forgot they have a six-four guy who's unbelievably fat. Like, he's crazy fast and athletic. He looks like well, a college player. Well, we there. have. Right. We have that. We have two very good running backs that nobody knows about. We're le- last I looked, I think we're in the top if we're not leading the NFL in, in rushing. But I think you are. we're still three and six because we're we're terrible on defense right now. I mean, it, we're as bad as your your bad defense is equal to our bad defense right now. Yeah, except our defense isn't so, isn't supposed to be bad. We just added another first-round pick today. They got Jonathan Abrams, who was the 2019 draft, the other safety. It's just another first-round pick for this defense. It's still going to stink. The Packers did? I I did not hear that. Yeah, they added Jonathan Abrams. Maybe I should have talked about that earlier, but he kind of stinks, and he can't tackle, so I don't think it's a big deal. Well, if anyone can tackle, that would be a first. Tackling is atrocious in the NFL to begin with. Just oh, atrocious. Especially for the Packers. Uh, yeah, it's just... Yeah. Well, the Bears are right there, too. I've watched them all year. And do, do me a favor, though. Don't root for 4-13 and 13 or what. Don't do that. That's not a fan. That's you're, you're, You have a, a higher chance that the first round will fail than succeed anyway, no matter who he's drafted. Look at the statistic, the statistics over the years. It's not a guarantee when you're a first-round pick. Yeah, but when you're a top five pick, it's a better chance than when you're 10th or 15th. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want a blue chipper, Jeff. I, I want the the real McCoy this year. I want a couple of them. I want to be picking at the front of every round. So if you're 4-13 and 13 and we beat your brains in in December and I call and crow about it because it would be my Super Bowl, I, I still want the Bears to win every game they can, even when they're 5-11. and 11. I, I just look at this whole thing differently. Well, I guess you might be a better fan than me, Jeff. That's what it sounds like. I think you're just you're just superior as a fan. 
I'm I'm kidding. I of I'm course saying I'm, no, I'm, I'm, to, I'm to I mean. the point now where I, the, this team stinks. They just they just don't have the mojo. They don't have the mix. So they might as well lose games and get good draft picks because that's really their only route. They're not going to have any money to spend this offseason. They're not going to have any flexibility. I need the draft picks. Uh, Jeff, I just realized what time it is. I desperately need to take a break, but it was really nice, and I know we're going to talk more Bears-Packers at some point. All right. Well, you take care, and thanks for the time. Yeah, have an awesome night, Jeff. Jeff's just better than me. He's a better fan. If the Bears come in and whoop the Packers later in the season, or I guess it would be at Soldier Field, eh, what do you do? We had a good run. We had a good run. What are you going to do? Let's take a break. Come back. Three minutes. Talk more Packers on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills bill michaels huddle coming up in just a little bit that's electric as always some of the best and brightest packers minds football minds all gathered in one place to talk packers with the big unit speaking of best and brightest i'll be on the bill michaels huddle tonight uh i'm sure he'll tweet out a list of other guests you know where he is on twitter at bill michaels i'm on twitter at wisco grant you can text and call the show 608-796-2558 I know this guy wants to do a little victory lap about his bears. It's Dan and Broadhead. What's up, Dan? <laughs> What's going on, Grant? I know you know I'd be calling. Oh, you know, not much. I'm just annoyed and pissed at my football team. They're just not a, not a fun team. I've watched teams way worse than the Packers be more fun and entertaining. This team's just depressed, and they don't like each other, and they're sick of each other, and we're not even 10 weeks into the season. We haven't got to the bye yet. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I love you. I love everything you do on the radio, but I got to say, I do not feel sorry for you one bit. That's, fa- that's fair. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you a little bit of background on me. I know you don't really want to hear, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. No, I want to hear uh, I married in. I, I married into a Packers uh, family. My wife is a Packers fan, grew up in Wanakee. I, I moved up here in 2020, and... Uh, I have gotten nothing from the Packers fans every time they see me wearing a Bears shirt, hat, whatever, or just ask me who my team is. I say, oh, I'm a Bears fan. They say, oh, I'm sorry. Oh. And now, <laughs> and, and the last time they won a Super Bowl, I was uh, eight. So I'm, four, you know, I'm 45 now. So mm-hmm. I don't feel sorry for you because your whole existence in life, you've had quarterbacks that can play the game and, some success. I won't say a ton of success, but you don't know the darkness of the '80s Packers unless somebody told you about them. I, well, every, every everyone who's ever lived through the '80s Packers has told me about it. That's always what I say. You want to know how somebody watched the Packers in the '70s and the '80s? They will tell you without asking. They'll tell you. It's like, hey, how do you know someone's a vegan? They'll tell you. Like that'll be the first thing they tell you when they introduce it. It's the same with the '70s and '80s. I don't expect you to feel bad for me. Can we have a little heart to heart, Dan? Can I just tell you? That being a Packers yeah. fan, it's not all peaches and cream. Having a, having a Hall of Fame quarterback is great until their career starts winding down and you got to listen to them him and haw every year about maybe I'll retire. And then they don't play very well, but then they start holding on and getting defiant and defensive about things. And you're like, man, it's like the dog that you don't want to put down. It's like, man, I love you, but why are you making me go through this? It's a massive pain in the butt. It really is. And <laughs> some, some, not I, but some have questioned whether or not the juice is worth the squeeze. I say that it is because banners hang forever and Super Bowl rings never go away. 
But this is not all peaches and cream on this side of the border. We have problems. They're champagne problems, high-class problems, but they are problems. Well, again, I can't sympathize because I've never lived that life. I've never lived in the gated community with the homeowners associations oh and stuff like that. But uh, I kept telling the Packers fans, you know what? Your reign of terror will be over when Twinkle Toes finally retires. But now it's like I got ice cream cake and chocolate syrup on top because he hasn't retired and he still sucks. Yeah. And the Packers are going to suck for a long time. No, no, no. See, and that, the money that's that, another thing. Why will they suck for a long time? This is another issue that Packers fans have. It's like, oh, now we're going to suck for 30 years. Why? Where does that number come from? Why, why do the Packers inherently because, now have to suck for a long time? Who's to say they're not down for three years and then they come back and they're okay or pretty good? You're going to be in the, the realm of looking for discount guys because you're paying so much. And even, like you said, if he retires or you cut him or whatever, you're still on the hook for all that money. So good luck trying to find a free agent. And then that wants to come to that team who's trying to rebuild in this situation. I don't, I don't want – I don't want – that's not what I want. I don't want them to spend free agency money to go get Baker Mayfield. I want them to be terrible. I want them to be garbage – for two years, and then draft their guys. The NFL is the NFL is very forgiving to teams when they're very bad. The problem is the teams that are always bad are so stupid, like the Jags and the Browns. They get all these great resources. They don't know what to do with it. I'd like to think that my team could throw together a rebuild pretty quickly when they get great draft picks because they suck. That's why I want this team to only win like four games this year. Well, it's so do I. <laughs> I want them to only win four games because... You originally had told me that the Bears would be lucky to win four, and I'm thinking we're looking at four this weekend, or at least I hope so, because if we can't, then we got a problem, too. I think it's actually good that the Bears have lost the last two weeks because their draft picks stay great, but you're making steps in the right direction. You feel better about your coach, your OC, your quarterback, but your team isn't winning like meaningless games, unless you think your team can get hot and go to the playoffs this year, but I don't think that's their goal because they've sold off pieces. The Bears are losing games, so their draft stock isn't getting worse. It's getting better. So I think you're getting best of both worlds with your Bears right now. Oh, again, yeah. Ice cream cake and chocolate syrup on top all day. <sighs> so sick of this team. <laughs> well, I got my Bucks. I got my Brewers. They, they're, you hear the rumors today, Ken Rosenthal, reading about how the Brewers might trade away Corbin Burns. That would be great. That'd be sick. Are you a Cubs fan? Oh, yeah. Are you a Cubs fan? Uh, no, I'm a Sox fan. Oh. Well, they just wasted two years with Tony. <laughs> well, that was a yeah. yeah, that was a disappointing year. <laughs> we don't we don't talk about that enough. The White Sox have had an awesome team the last two years, and they have purposefully like shot that team in the foot by having an eighty five year old drunk man manage it. That's the one in sports we don't talk about it because they're not the Cubs; they're the second team in town. But that is insane. Oh yeah, it's purely the owner who, for some reason, thought he owed Tony Arusa something uh, from thirty, forty years ago when when Hawk Harrelson fired his ass. This is wild. Well, Dan, I know you've been texting yeah. in. You've tried to call. It's been during breaks. You haven't got through. I- I'm glad we got to have this chat, and you get to you know take a victory lap around me. You deserve that. I get to gloat a little bit. We we still have that uh, that Pabst Blue Ribbon bet. Oh. Uh, if the Packers or if the Bears uh, go over the, uh, I think you said seven was going to be the the push on that. So they need to win more than seven or six and a half. What do we? Yeah, eh, I was buy you some PBR. Yeah, and, the, and the, I'll take beer anyways. And a shout out to uh, the mayor in Orfordville who also said uh, that the Bears would be lucky to win four this year. Yeah, so if mayor, he's listening. I'm going to come to the bar and collect my money. <laughs> what a dumb take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk to the mayor in, in Orfordville. Yeah, don't focus on me. Thanks, Dan, for the call.
Have a good night. Yeah, your bears are better than I thought. I'll wear that. It's fine. I'm wrong about stuff from time to time. I don't think I'm wrong about the Packers right now. I think this team's going to combust. This is this is not going well. Rasul Douglas spoke to me a little while ago. Ben Kenny sent me this tweet. He's just like, we're doing the same stuff every week. Well, I wonder why. I wonder why we're doing the same stuff every week. I'm saying, I think this team's getting worn out quickly. They're getting impatient quickly. And combine that with the fact that they're not winning, not good. Not good. Not good at all. Let's take a break. Come back in five minutes. Talk more Packers. I have some Mike McCarthy audio if we want to get into it. If we don't get into it, fine. I'm not going to lose any sleepover. We'll talk more Packers. I want to keep the calls going. I kind of want the Packers to lose all of their games moving forward. And I don't think that makes me a bad fan, but some are disagreeing. Read some text, take some more calls. Coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show. Bucks are back tonight against the Thunder. That game's gonna stink. I'll just, I'll just say it. Game's gonna stink. Lots of good NBA games on tonight, and then Thursday night football's back tomorrow. Man, that's gonna be electric. Panthers and Falcons. Wow, that's gonna jump off the TV screen. I'm sure Al Michaels is already, already drinking, thinking about, thinking about it. Hey, I think the Packers should lose every game the rest of the year. I think that's the best case scenario. This team has no life. No mojo. There's no synergy. Quarterback's not playing well. They're injured. What else do we got? We got a shredded salary cap for next year and no cap space. But we could, we could, given this terrible start to the season, have some really good draft picks. And that's something the Packers never get. So I'm kind of hoping this team loses a lot of games. Does that make me a bad fan? I don't think so. But maybe you feel differently. Let's talk about it. 608-796-2558. Dave is in Middleton. What's going on, Dave? Welcome to the show. In the words of uh, Dandy Don Meredith, turn out the lights, this party's over. Turn out the lights. Isn't that a Willie Nelson song, the too? Party. Pardon? Didn't Willie Nelson sing that song? Willie Nelson well, I'm not sure, but uh, not the it's point. applicable to what uh, the Packers are right now. By the way, there's not a reason to be ashamed if you're objective, if you are certainly uh. that with respect to all of your comments. I'm with you. I've been thinking, what could the Packers do? And not to denigrate any of your other listeners, but they keep talking in circles about maybe this and maybe that, maybe something else. But this is too broke to fix. Let's lose them all. I'm with you. Get a high draft pick and you know, Think of it this way, Dave. Uh, we're cleaning out the fridge, right? We're getting a new fridge. We're moving. And I'm looking in the fridge. It's like, man, there's not really anything in there. Some beef jerky in the back, some gross pickles, some bread. I, if the Packers were a fridge, I don't think there's anything worth saving in there. Like, there's no redeeming quality to this team. Like, you might as well just call the rest of the season a wash. The energy is bad. They're really injured. Quarterback's not playing well. The weapons aren't great. There's not one player having an outstanding year. Like, there's just nothing redeeming about this season. There's nothing to build around. So you might as well just let it wash over us. Just lose the rest of the games. Get some elite draft picks. That's my two cents. Yeah, I'm with you. You can only cut up the cheese so much until the the mold takes over. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I think we're at that point right now. And I think it's going to get worse. Can you see it getting ugly with this team? Because I could definitely see it. Mike McCarthy, 
losing to the Cowboys. That'll be six in a row. I just feel like the wheels will start falling off. Well, I'm not sure if I can get any more uglier with the team, but again, uh, a lot of these fans are are in denial. Uh, they can't see what's right in front of them. So yeah, I can see a lot of ugly Packer fans that uh, will you know hang on to the threads that are still left on this coat, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know what we're going to do. Well, I'm glad you don't think I'm a bad fan. I don't think you're a bad fan either, Dave. Thanks for the call. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Have a good one. That's our guy, Dave from Middleton, who is uh, Dave from Monona's more polite, soft-spoken cousin, radio cousin, no relation. Well, I guess I could ask, but I'm not going to. I just saw this pop up on Twitter. This is insane. This is unreal. A commander's spokesperson through Daniel Snyder put out the statement from the Washington, D.C. Attorney General press conference. This is coming out tomorrow. The commanders have fully cooperated with the AG's investigation for nearly a year. As recently as Monday, a lawyer for the team met with the AG who did not suggest at that time that he intended to take any action and, in fact, revealed fundamental misunderstandings of the underlying facts. It is unfortunate that in his final days in office, Mr. Racine appears to be more interested in making splashy headlines based on offbeat legal theories rather than doing the hard work of making our streets safe for our citizens, including bringing to justice the people who shot one of our players. What? This is real. I got to make sure this is real. Oh, yeah, this is real. This is actually from John Kime. So in a back and forth between Daniel Snyder, who owns the commanders, and the attorney general of Washington, D.C., he said, hey, I don't know why this D.C. is so concerned about our investigation when we've done everything he asked maybe he should do his job and get criminals off the street including the guy who shot brian robinson our running back wow i did not expect to see a quote like that today election day you know it does crazy things to us all daniel snyder's just crazy to begin with speaking of crazy no i would never lead an eric on a 90 like that eric what's up welcome to the show how you doing bud i'm doing swell Election day wasn't too stressful. It doesn't seem like we're going to have any election deniers. It doesn't seem like this is going to get dragged out. That was really my number one hope for the election, and that seems to be the case. So I'm very happy, regardless of who got elected. It's just we're accepting results, moving on. I'm happy about that. That is a good thing. I kind of thought that was going to happen, too, and that's a really good thing for for our whole country. And it's probably a little bit bigger than than football, right? And Probably. But sports are... Sports are fun. That's pretty ugly stuff. Um, you know, and my texts are for another show. Okay. Okay? Okay. It's show prep. Okay. You just go ahead and look up what I'm talking about. But I wanted to call in because I'm listening to the show, and I wanted to say you're exactly right. It doesn't have to be 30 years of bad football. You guys are going to come back and there's going to be games you're going to watch and you're going to hope and you're going to and you're going to win some and there's going to be some great times there's going to be some great Sunday afternoons some great Sunday nights and you're going to enjoy it and so I just want to say that you're right you're 100% right and I also wanted to say that Aaron Rodgers and I, I it's touchy now because I certainly not like because we're winning. I mean, my team has stuck for years. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Rodgers truly is the smartest guy in Green Bay because he convinced 
the whole state and the whole Packers organization that the reason they weren't getting back to the Super Bowl was Mike McCarthy's fault. Yeah. And since that, there's only been nine, ten, eleven other quarterbacks that have gotten to the Super Bowl. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I don't want to rewrite. I don't want to rewrite history here. I don't want to. I don't want to go back and say that McCarthy never should have been fired. It was bad. That had to happen. I, I don't want to rewrite history and say that it was never McCarthy's fault. I, I just think now we're learning. Like, oh. oh, so after a couple of years, Aaron Rodgers just gets sick of whoever his coach is. You know what I mean? That seems to be the case. It, it, it does. Um, Tunes him out. Maybe doesn't right. get, maybe doesn't get sick of him personally, but but the offense starts to just melt away to nothing. I shouldn't say personally doesn't like his right. coach or he's tuning his coach out, but the offense is just like it did with McCarthy. It's just kind of decayed. I, I I would agree, and and but he could help that himself. I mean that. Well, what's your what's your tight end name? What's that guy's name again? Which one? The, the one who's bad uh, because he's coming off an injury or the other one who's also bad from coming off an injury but was also bad before? Oh, I can't remember his name. Tunyon? DeGuara? Tunyon. Yeah. Tunyon. Yeah. All right. That seam pass up the middle that that ball got intercepted on. Yeah. You see that play a lot. Don't, don't you? And is, is the Packers' offense getting stagnant? Mm. That's the question you have to ask yourself. I yeah. see that a lot. I see it in the Vikings game. I see that that play. It's like they knew it was coming. They could tell it was coming. He jumped it. Yeah. It's neither here nor there. I guess you guys are going to have some great football ahead of you. You're still going to watch. All right, you're going to watch this week, and the Packers are going to at some point make a game out of that. Well, and you're going to you're going to think maybe. I am. Uh, I'm going to watch either way. This team go in 16. This team could get shut out every week and every game. I'm. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch. Yeah, I'm, you're such. I'm I, not sure if it behooves this team. I don't know if it's a good thing if they were to get hot and win three or four games in a row for no reason. I, I don't know if I need that. I, I want them to get good draft picks. They need good draft picks because they have no other means of taking another step in the right direction next year, improving. The team's going to get worse next year. Way worse if they're picking 20th or 15th. Yeah, I just think you got to ride it out. I think you got to ride it out, and everything will be great again. Mm, I think you're messing with me. Just ride it out, bud. Ride right. it out. All right, that's a message I can get behind. Ride it out. All right, that's the new slogan for the rest of the show. Eric, I'm going to let you go because we got to take one more break. Yeah, I guess, bud. Yeah, have a good night, Eric. Cutting out a little bit. I'm glad we were able to hear him there at the end. Yeah, I mean, don't ride it out. I just keep losing. There's no redeeming qualities to this team. The energy's bad. The cohesion's bad. There's no synergy. There's there's no nothing. Nobody's playing well. They're injured. The coaches aren't connecting with the players. I was listening to a podcast this morning, and they're debating if there are any pro bowlers on this team. And they're like, well, Pat O'Donnell. It's like, no, no, no. Pat O'Donnell is competent. I know I know you are confusing competent with superstar because we've never had competent. But Pat O'Donnell's just fine. It's not like he's the best punter in the world. There are other good punters in the league. We don't have the only one. It's just... Not many redeeming qualities about this Packers team. We'll talk more about this. Wrap up the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Frisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. A couple minutes left before we turn things over to the Thrill Michaels Huddle. The best and brightest football minds and analysts talking Packers Cowboys with the big unit. That'll be from 6 to 8 tonight. Trying to think how to best summarize what we've talked about on tonight's show so far. Back at 4 o'clock, we started the show 10 minutes talking about the Brewers because I guess the Brewers are looking into possibly, maybe, potentially, listening to offers for Corbin Burns, according to Ken Rosenthal, which, like, if you're going to trade that guy, you better you better have good reason. You better have a good plan and what you're going to get back and how you're going to make it work. Because I know the Brewers are delusional and they think they can trade away the best team in the middle of a season and keep contending. But hopefully that Josh Hader deal told them, okay, no, uh, we can't do that. That's not going to work. So we talked about that. If you missed that, you can catch it in the podcast. Since then, I've just been kind of sounding the alarm about this Packers team. It's a little powder keggish, a little fuse burning down. It seems like like this could get bad. And I know they've lost five in a row or six in a row, however many it is. They've lost a lot of games in a row. I'm not talking about wins and losses. I'm talking about these guys being very frustrated with each other, being very annoyed with each other, and I think there is a divide. All we hear about is Aaron Rodgers. All we hear about is what Aaron Rodgers says. Now, this week, we're talking about an emotional return. Mike McCarthy, big game. Man, most of the players on this roster don't give a damn about Mike McCarthy. And they're already annoyed about having to hear this, that about Aaron Rodgers and this, that from Aaron Rodgers. I just, it's it's not in a good place. I think there's a lot of frustration between players, between position groups, between young and old. And Matt LaFleur just doesn't seem like he's got a good handle on it. Sam from Holman texts in. He says, if the Packers lose all their games, I don't know that I can take Matt LaFleur at the podium like we have the last five weeks. That would stink every Monday. Yeah, that's another thing. If the Packers were to lose out or lose another two or three games in a row, like at what point do we got to say, Matt, we like you, buddy, but good God, figure it out. You got to be able to beat the Lions. You, you got to be able to get one of these things. Like, you, you can't just waltz around. I know you went 13 and three. You won 13 games your first three years, but you can't just waltz around and lose eight games in a row. And like, there's repercussions. There's got to be consequences. There's got to be results, buddy. And I don't think it's just on the floor, but ultimately the head coach is responsible. The manager is responsible, right? The person in charge is responsible for what goes on with the team. I don't know. I'm just trying to sound the alarm. It's not going well. I think it's going to get worse. And I have no opposition to the Packers losing as many games as possible moving forward. They might not even actively have to try. They only could muster nine points against the worst passing defense in the league. A historically bad passing defense. You score nine points. Man, it's not about like, oh, they should try and lose. They should tank. They're doing just fine doing what they're doing. They shouldn't change a thing. Don't adjust. Don't do anything. You keep doing this, you're going to lose a lot of games. You're going to have some nice draft picks next year. Absolutely. There's the whole Jordan Love thing. I saw Cowherd open his show today saying they should start Jordan Love and bench Rodgers. Yeah, that'll go over like a fart in church. And also, if the backers still don't know what they have in Jordan Love, it's a little bit of an indictment on them, a little bit of an indictment on Jordan Love. Fifth-year options, like $20 bucks. It's not cheap. Oh, we'll just keep him around. You hate to see him go somewhere else and light it up. Well, yeah, I'd also hate to light $20 million on fire for a backup quarterback that sits around and becomes this dramatic distraction between our quarterback our starting quarterback who's way overpaid and our backup quarterback who would then be overpaid. Everyone's overpaid and no one's winning any games. Situation is, is not good. It's a bad situation. Uh, Straits are dire, if you will. So yeah, that's basically what we talked about today. Tomorrow, get hyped. 4.30. We're going to talk about the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Rick Mixter is going to be here. Author, 
documentarian and diver. He's dove over 100 shipwrecks in the Great Lakes, including the Edmund Fitzgerald in the mid-90s. We're going to hear those stories. We're going to learn about the lakes. We're going to hear some great, rich history of the region. It's going to be great. We're going to listen to some Gordon Lightfoot. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a much-needed reprieve from what we've had going the last couple nights with the Packers. That's for damn sure. So that's what's going on tomorrow. Bill Michaels Huddle coming up in a few minutes at 6 o'clock. Stay tuned for more Packers talk. I will talk to you tomorrow at 4. Come on, come on this town, you got-